gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Prince. Here's Gourlami. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. Hey, you guys actually did it on time that what, time. What? We're back. Well, because hey. the reason we normally don't is because you're confusing. Huh? And you like to uh, introduce us randomly. I'm, I'm confusing? I don't know what he's talking about. Yes. Oh. I've always introduced I'm myself. Con- I'm confused already. See? It must be That's very... What I mean. You, you're you, so confusing, you're confusing yourself. You hit me with the confuse ray, I think. There yeah. You go. Fucking. No one likes that. <laughs> Fucking hypno over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about Licorice Pizza yeah. from 2021. Paul Thomas Anderson. I was a yeah. fucking liar last week. I had picked one movie and then I did a whole slip and switch yeah. to go to this one because I saw that it had been put on Amazon Prime. Yes. And I fucking love me some Paul Thomas Anderson. The only other movie we've done on this podcast of his, uh, There Will Be Blood, right. was one of my gigantic recommendations. And so I was really excited to get to uh, bring it on his new project, you know, the, his most recent film and kind of see right. what it was about is why I kind of decided to jump ship over to this one. But I think it was exactly what i kind of wanted from the movie and i'm excited to talk about it because it really felt just like another piece you know another piece to his collection that is another another pta there you go yeah another pta joint this one's starring newcomers Mm -hmm. two brand newcomers never been in movies before i think fresh faces uh one of them's alana haim mm-hmm from the rock band Haim. Her and her two sisters who also make appearances in this movie, which I thought were cool. And their parents. And their parents who play <laughs> their real parents. Oh, so they're in a band? Yes. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, their parents are the Hanson brothers. Oh. they Each, were... <laughs> each one of the Hansons had one of the Haim sisters. <laughs> we need to detach ourselves. We'll just be the Haims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then also Cooper Hoffman, mm-hmm. who is the son of the late great. Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman, uh, BMX biker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Seymour. Philip Seymour Matthew Hoffman, uh, the BMX rider. That's amazing. And, uh, someone who was a big time Paul Thomas Anderson yes, player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would be in many of his movies, so it makes sense that lineage would come and be in this film. And I love that he decided to make him his star character. You know, yeah. it just feels like Paul Thomas Anderson giving homage to what was obviously one of his great friends in life, you know, mm. that he's lost at this point. So I really thought that was just like tasteful and beautiful. I don't know. I It was just one of those things. I loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I loved the idea that they, they kept it in the family in that way. Um, so. The Haim sisters aren't the only musicians in this movie. Mm-hmm. We also have Tom Waits, who plays like a movie producer, mm-hmm. Rex, Rex Blau. Uh, he's very comical. He has his Tom Waits voice intact. Um... Yeah, he's there. <laughs> he's there. His whole him and Sean Penn's whole part in this movie is just like a fun little, you know, snippet yeah. to get through. But that's that's Paul Thomas Anderson movies for yeah. you. They are very like set pieces, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's many stories collaborated into one, you know, and that we see it, you know, in every project I feel like I've ever experienced yeah. of his at this point. Um and this feels like just another once again just another added to the collection, but not in a bad way. You know, no. he's just one of those directors like Wes Anderson or someone who has their their style their specific way of putting this content out in the world and he's never gonna deviate from it I guess I mean he deviates from it all the time he I feel like he has two different types of movie which he has this movie which is also kind of in line with like Boogie Nights Mm -hmm. and Inherent Vice Mm -hmm. and then he also has his more like serious movies like Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood and There Will Be Blood for sure yeah which, you know, he it's almost like he has the movies for the Hoffmans and then the movies for the Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> the Lewis. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And so it's almost like whether whoever has the last name attached to it, that's the kind of movie he's going to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen a lot of his movies. I've seen parts and bits of Boogie mm-hmm. Nights. Mm-hmm. I've seen Inherent Vice in its totality. 
We went and saw that in theaters together. Oh, we did? Yeah. You oh, and I went okay. and saw Inherent Vice in theaters together. Yeah. And, you, and I remember us walking out of that theater kind of being like, the fuck did we just watch, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I think we just weren't prepared for the style of film that it really had to introduce us to, which is that it's not, they're not traditional storytelling, you know, right. which is like, here's a start, here's a finish. You know, this mm-hmm. is really, I it always makes me think of Inside Lewin Davis, which I feel was mm-hmm. like the Coen brothers doing a Paul Thomas Anderson film in the way that I feel like, like I feel like I mean that's also Cohen in a way yeah. but in the sense of what I mean is like it's like a slice of life you know right. what I mean this is right. just cyclical you know this is just one moment in this character's life that we're getting to experience that's not necessarily like I mean it's important to them but it's not set up like a traditional story right. it just ends you know what I mean we just it just kind of like goes on to the future you know but where Cohen's it's like a grand adventure and yeah. every it's like an epic and more. It's, it's mm-hmm. more like an epic as to where this is little vignettes of like, well, this is a section where they were selling waterbeds or this is a section where they were trying to be actors or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? And that can really throw a loop or like it can, it can throw a speed bump for a mm-hmm. lot of viewers to try and um, care. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's nothing to attach to throughout right. the whole film. You, It's multiple problems. Right. You know? Yeah. Multiple mini arcs. Has anyone seen this movie prior to us watching it for the podcast? Mm-hmm. So Amber had been watching this movie recently, mm-hmm. maybe when it first came out on on uh, Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like a few weeks ago, maybe almost a month probably, ago. Probably the beginning of the month or mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and she had watched a little more than half of it, and I had seen bits and pieces of it, but that's about it. Um, but from what I saw from it, I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the movie, and there's definitely some moments that really shine. Yeah. But I, I just there like y'all said, there's nothing to really pull me in and attach to this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care about it, especially because like most of the time, I just felt like she was a pedophile, the main <laughs> character. So I mean, and she was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so the entire time I was thinking like, the only reason this is acceptable is because it's. A woman, the sex club, and, and, and the seventies. Like, yes, but before Twitter, no, no, <laughs> that's not even what no, matters. It's not I'm a, saying like the thing is, it's if, not acceptable. Yeah, no, I know, but what I'm saying, if somebody made this movie uh-huh. and the genders were swapped, they would be those people would burn in hell. There would be a mob <laughs> with this tonality. Yes, is yes. what I'd say. Yeah, yeah people, sure. there would be a mob, like of for people sure. trying to kill them. Yeah. They would get death threats. This isn't a well received movie. Like yeah. it, it is upon the because it's mean, a it's a well made movie. Yes, yes, it's stellarly made. There's a lot of moments that really shine in the movie, but it's just it's just weird. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's in increasingly weird. Mm-hmm. When that age difference was first promoted at the beginning of the film, I was just so convinced it couldn't be real, and she mm-hmm. had to be lying about her age. You know what I mean? I was like, there's no way she's actually 25. She's got to maybe be like 19 or 20, and is just trying to clout an older age. So when it was pretty much val- validated that that age difference was there, I was like, damn, Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson's brave for putting this idea yeah. out into the world in this regard. But I think you're absolutely right. But I and I also think it's meant to have kind of some subtext to that reality that once again because it is that sex swap it's seen as less negative yeah taboo to the world and that is i feel like something he's trying to present be like look how less taboo this is just because of the gender swap you know what i mean and bring attention to that yeah it is never really i mean there are definitely moments in this film where it it does deglorify their relationship and mm-hmm. make us even have to step back and be like, yeah, look, you've put yourself in a kind of a shitty, weird situation, you know? I think the ending kind of pulls back away from that again because obviously they do end up somehow together. But once again, that is the open-endedness of it is we have no idea. Like an hour later, they could be yeah, b- back, fight, at, each yeah, back at each other's throats yeah, fighting and sure. apart again. And that's kind of the point the movie tries to make is that they have this endless romance with each other you know i can see what you mean but at the same time i feel like the movie paints those moments that are trying to make their relationship seem bad the movie paints those moments as one of the worst moments in those characters lives Mm -hmm. like every time something comes up it's like it's kind of weird that y'all are that far apart in age yeah (laughs) They, they like go through hell and they have like a horrible moment and then they're all happy they're only happy when they come back together. So yeah. them, their relationship is the only good thing in this movie, quote unquote, good thing in this movie. And so it's like, 
that just pushes a more uncomfortable point. Mm-hmm. See, you know? I think it's it's, I, all, it's commentary. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it is good. There you it's go. That's good. the word I couldn't get to. It's good to have <laughs> this sort of commentary, but there's no commentary on it in the movie. No, yeah, for sure. They don't blatantly say. So it's so at the same time, it's like it's still just awkward. It's insanely awkward. So it's it's weird to me that a movie with this stranger concept mm-hmm. would have such a high rating, but maybe that's because not too many people. I don't know how many people actually are taking the time to watch this. That's you know. I mean, that's that's an it, interesting. It point. could be kind of indie. I don't know. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is not the you know big box office. Yeah. Smash. This isn't Boogie exactly. Nights. Funny right. enough. <laughs> no, but it. I think people are rating it off of craft mm-hmm. and yes. and acting rather mm-hmm. than what the movie's the about. subject matter yeah. exactly yeah. for sure I, I need to turn my phone ringer off and one thing i will say is that in spite obviously this being kind of the weird negative undertone of the movie it's never also that shoved in our face it's not the thing that's meant to yeah, super mad or either about, yeah their age mm-hmm. difference and how that affects their relationship it's just they're just two young people in this world and part of it is that he obviously acts well beyond his years you know what mm-hmm. i mean as part of it but once again all being commentary on just how you could get disillusioned into this kind of circumstance you yeah. know what i mean like i think it's so perfect that in the way that it's painted that these are just real people just living very real lives yeah this very kind plausible of, this shit fucking happens exactly you yeah. know and not saying it's right but it fucking happens you know and that's where i think it shines in his art is that mm-hmm. it feels so grounded and real yeah. you know all that's these true. characters feel real and i don't think uh, another director other than like the Coen brothers could pull something off like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, true. I think there'd have to be like maybe two or three more guns for this. Yeah. Coen Coen brothers. Brothers. Yes. yeah but, but what I'm, what One I mean is <laughs> like <clears throat> almost any other director would have ruined this movie, but I feel like Paul Wes Anderson was able to take Thomas. it. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm making. I got it. I got it now. <laughs> I was, I was trying to slip it into a serious moment. Okay, but um, well, you got me. I, I feel like he. That was Kenny bouncing off the joke. <laughs> he like navigated the story mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. To make it presentable, mm-hmm. and I feel like the only people that I see being capable of doing that would be the Coen Brothers. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, I never really put it together that they are so similar in storytelling, mm-hmm. Coen Brothers and and uh, uh, PTA. Mm-hmm. Um, but PTA does have those, you know, D-Day Lewis movies mm-hmm. where I don't think the Coen Brothers have the patience to do. No. And they're enough. and yeah. they're very patient men. Yeah, if they did mm-hmm. there will be blood, there'd been ten more guns in that movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> People have been getting shot like crazy. Yeah. Um but yeah, I want to talk about each of these characters, Alana and Gary. Mm-hmm. Um Gary's fifteen. Alana going is going on sixteen. Right. Alana is twenty five. Because that's, that's so important. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The actors play similar ages to each other in like they are actually those ages. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Cooper Hoffman, I believe, was born in two thousand three. Oh, okay. So and he's then, definitely a young man. Yeah, Alana Haim was born a year before me in nineteen ninety one. So they're they're like twelve years. That's crazy. In distance, and I think even still, they're she's good at playing someone who's stunted and stuck at home, child forever, mm-hmm. and then he's good at playing. Someone who had to be a businessman now and grew up because of it. And they also play very unlikable people. Mm-hmm. They spend the whole movie negging each other another much. big theme of his in my opinion is that your lead character is always someone you're not gonna really like you know mm-hmm. i mean fucking uh daniel day lewis daniel plainview is not a wonderful character in there yeah. will be blood and i will say i did watch boogie nights this week too oh. because i really just wanted to i had to believe this was the most comparable thing to it you know mm-hmm. what i mean i had i wanted to believe because of the time era exactly well also inherent vice too mm-hmm. i just believed that this would be the closest thing to that. And so I really wanted to see the comparison from those eras. And so I did watch Boogie Nights, which this really does feel like a homage to, but same thing. Mark Wahlberg's lead character in that movie is no one you want to fucking root for for the entire time. So it's really interesting that that's what he's managed to like perfect in his movies. He did do Inherent Vice, right? He did. Yes. Okay. I'm not making that up. No, 
He did. I need to make sure. Um, it's also coincidental <laughs> that he also directed like all the Haim music videos. Ninety of the latest Haim music videos. That's why yeah. I had to believe they were in the movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, he just became very good friends with them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> That's the other thing. It just like a Wes Anderson or something. It seems like he's best friends with everybody he makes movies with, and that's, that's why true. they keep coming back, you know? like uh, Did no. this movie come out this year? Or? No, last oh, year. Oh, last, last year. year. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we were going to see this movie in the theater, Ashley and I. Um, when did those music videos come out? I want to like, see what happened since first. Since, like, 2017. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the last, like, three then. or four years. But yeah. he also did a bunch of Radiohead music videos, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh. Tom, no, not Tom York. One of the other dudes from Radiohead did the score for... There will be blood. That's right. I think it's like the keyboardist. That or was something. one of your fun facts. And, yeah. then, and I was like, Radiohead. I like made some weird negative reason or like a negative <laughs> response to it for some reason. <laughs> like that's not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the fucking audacity of Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm just kidding. No, audacity is not like showing. Okay, there's the time. Okay, I can see it now. There you go. The okay. fucking audacity. <laughs> but honestly, though, to fucking have people ten years apart be your lead. Yeah. romantic characters in a movie is nuts but i'm once again super glad it doesn't take front and center stage and we really just get to see the quirky interactions these characters get to enjoy from other people really right. mm-hmm. i fucking loved the whole fucking sean penn part honestly mm-hmm. just like everything that's going on up into that movie where both of the characters are obviously trying to like compete and show off where they've statusly made yeah. it to themselves but just the entire him acting as jack holden i'm like is this really how fucking jack holden well was he's <laughs> playing William of a parody of William Holden. Is that that's what yeah. it is? Okay, I was I knew that was a real actor. Yeah, I thought his name was I thought it was Jack Holden. It is William Holden. It's I believe William. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like they even changed the name of the movie that he was from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. The second the Tom Waits character comes up and sits at the table with Alana and and Sean Penn, um, he mentions like like 850 cc's he's got in the parking lot, and for some reason in my head immediately I was like. Sean Penn's about to die. He's about to die in a car accident. And I thought it was like a little automobile. I didn't yeah. realize it was going to yeah. be a motorcycle. <laughs> That's funny. And so when they get on the motorcycle, I was like, he's about to die. But Alana's on the back. And I was like, how is he? How is she not going to get on the motorcycle? Or like also be in the motorcycle accident? And then she falls off. And I was like, dude, she's about to die. <laughs> and sure enough, he doesn't. <laughs> he gets to be the hero. And they all just forget about her. I totally I like, thought he was going to die too. <laughs> <laughs> just in front of everybody. Yeah. Just, I was like, dude, this is fucking dude, sick. I don't know if it's just because of fucking uh, David Fincher or mm-hmm. just fucking reality itself, but I am just so worried for women in movies <laughs> all the time, especially when they're around like... I like how you attribute it to David Fincher. <laughs> well, like literally... <laughs> Um, or if it's just them being around men from Hollywood, I just I was so worried for her that entire sequence yeah. where she was like toting around with two older Hollywood mm. types. You know, yeah. I was like, what is going to happen right now? So when all that started to happen, I was like, oh, it's best case scenario. Yeah. This is the softest hearted <laughs> version of this could have gone down. So uh, when she gets on the bike and she has uh, even the guitar, Ashley was like, why the fuck does she have the guitar still? And I'm like, I bet you it's her sister's. And then she, when Gary's helping her up, she's like, I broke so-and-so's guitar. Like, it's <laughs> like I broke her guitar. It's yeah. like, there it is. It's literally her fucking sister's. Perfect. It's so good. I, I For two people who had never been leads in a movie, I fucking loved both of their performances, yeah. honestly. I thought they, they fucking killed it. They seem like they've been around. They've, Definitely. They've been doing this. And it, they did a fucking great job. And I think Alana... Alana probably had the most direction and the most, like, build-up to do this part compared to her sisters, but mm-hmm. she was obviously the best at they her both, sisters. They both seemed very dialed into their characters, mm-hmm. and they were both extremely believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, they, they played their roles to a T. They I really did. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the beginning of this movie, Gary's an actor. Mm-hmm. He is also based off another real life actor. Really? Yes. That went through a lot of similar stuff. He was in Yours, Mine, and Ours with Lucille Ball, which that's at the beginning when they're doing Under One Roof or whatever uh-huh. it's called, the play version. That's a a riff on the fucking real life movie. Yeah. Um, but Dude. he he that real life actor also did open a waterbed store and a pinballs. That's like, so cool. Arcade. That's cool. So it he was like some actor that Paul Thomas Anderson must have met 
and, and known. they told each other these stories. Yeah, so another like, good friend of his. Or I yeah, that he always had a get rich quick scheme. Yes, yeah. he always had something. <laughs> yeah, something scheming up. Dude, yeah. that the fucking joke he told on national TV for the fucking underrun roof bit. I that's that's fucking that's Paul Thomas Anderson humor. It's so through, just so dry and flat. And it even took Myra was like, I don't get it, and so I had to explain it to her. And then she's like, I mean, oh. it's not a great joke. It's not, but that's what makes it so funny is because it's three just beavers. So, it, it's yeah. so flat. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just it hits. Three He's beavers. like, oh, uh, leave it to Beaver. He's like, no, three beavers. <laughs> I can't believe leave it to Beaver was around at this point. Right. Well, in seventy three, yeah. early seventy, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> that's so funny. It's funny because of how bad the joke yes. is, you know, and just how proud of it he is, and then the fact that the Lucille stand-in comes and thwacks him on the back of his head. I don't get it. Does he Does he sleep with beavers? <laughs> exactly. No, he yes. just hung out with three beavers that week, you know? Yeah, the, like, the three angry beavers. <laughs> like, he, did he... Were, in the 70s, were you able to get them from, like, pet stores? <laughs> you could get them anywhere, dude. <laughs> beaver meets vagina. <laughs> beaver meets vagina. Oh, shit, that's what's up. <laughs> So, like, yeah. how did he get them? Like, beaver vaginas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're still on the beavers. <laughs> like, female beavers? Just leave it to beaver. He'll figure Dude, it out. He'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, okay. um, there's a, a lot of other kids in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they all get credited pretty well. There's a lot of Tiny Toes people. <laughs> yeah, what is Tiny Toes? That's the photo agency that takes pictures of the high school? I guess so. Yeah, it's like... There's the... such an awkward name for that but it also feels kind of what it would probably be called back in the 70s or something you know? true just yeah. creepy yeah, it's quentin tarantino's uh film program tiny toes <laughs> tiny feet it was tiny feet and he felt like that was too on the nose so <laughs> so <laughs> hillary was giving me suggestions of movies that she wants to watch if she's ever on the podcast uh-huh. fucking never and one of the she... movies that she should fuck <laughs> that she suggested mm-hmm. was pulp fiction and I was like, oh, I don't want to do Pulp Fiction. And she was like, you don't want to do a Quentin Tarantino film? And I was like, Hillary, I'm not interested in watching a feet pic. If I wanted to watch a feet pic, I would pull up Pornhub and look up feet. And, sure. and she just got frustrated and, and she walked got- away. <laughs> I mean, in an argument, Pulp Fiction probably being his least feet pic, you know but what I mean? But still... There's, yeah, there's only one. No, there's the dance scene. There's the dance scene, and then that's it. No, there's the one where she he goes to pick her up, and it's just her bare feet walking to go meet him. Oh uh, yeah, and oh, she's she, holding her heels. Doesn't she also like control the camera that's looking at him with her foot in that scene too? I now think, that I think about it, I yeah. think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that that one's the most feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, death proof. I feel like has the most feet because that that one's got all the iconic feet moments where they're just like, look at feet before I die. Yeah, Kurt Russell is also (laughs) You get to see Kurt Russell's feet. He's is it Rosario Dawson that's sitting Mm -hmm. in the car and he goes and like tickles her foot that's hanging out of the car? That sounds right, yeah. That that I remember that was post knowing (laughs) about the foot fetish, about Quentin's foot (laughs) fetish, and I was just like why the fuck did he do this? Gosh, should that be our ska band? Quentin, <laughs> Quentin's foot fetish? <laughs> it would just be Quentin's fetish. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about Quentin Tarantino, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong director. Fucking perfect. Is he a vampire Moment of somewhere? Silence, real quick, just real quick. Real quick. Okay. What do we fucking know this guy from? Wes Bentley. Wes he Anderson was, Bentley. He's in um, Interstellar. He's also oh, in. Yeah, okay. uh, he's in. I think the first Hunger Games movie. He's the one that drowns on the water planet. In yes. Interstellar, right? Yeah. yeah. I was so bummed about that. I was like, he's so cool. Why did they kill him off immediately? But they kind of had to. They had to kind of get rid of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> um, he's an evil version of Dan Stevens. That's but, why they killed him off. So- <laughs> So <laughs> we were talking about Dan Stevens, and I say he's the evil version. Yeah, this is him, and uh, he's got a cool beard in the Hunger Games. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck is that? Is this Interstellar? I'm like, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he also played Blackheart. It's because yeah. they're saying he, he was played Blackheart in the original Nick Cage movie. Yes, the Nick Cage Ghost mm. Rider, he played Blackheart. Look at him with a full beard. That's where fucking I dope. fucking know him from. <laughs> I want to grow a good beard so bad. <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, he's 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 very vampiric for sure. He looks like he could be in in uh, True Blood or some shit. He should be Blade. 
Dude, he should just be in the Blade movie as like Deacon Frost or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Licorice Pizza. Are we? I yes. thought we were talking about Quentin Tarantino. We're right. also talking about Quentin Tarantino. Or Dan Stevens yeah. or something. We were also talking about Dan Stevens. Yeah. We're talking about so many things. <laughs> so many topics. So um, little time. There is three actor directors in this movie. There mm. is Brad Coop. Brad Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I can think of. That's why I just threw it out there. Well, also Sean Penn. Oh yeah. Uh but Bradley Cooper, he plays Barbara Streisand's boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And who's an actual producer, movie mm-hmm. producer. But it's funny because Barbara Streisand was in the previous A Star is Born from the Oh, they acted together. <laughs> well, no, he didn't act with her, but he Barbara Streisand was in the previous A Star is Born, oh, and then he remade it remade the, as an actor-director. And so I just thought that that was a cool connection that he's now playing this producer that once dated Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. It's like and a weird meta. A yeah. crazy man. Probably during the time yeah. she was making A Star is Born, right? <laughs> True, yeah. Well, I think it was the 80s. But regardless. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless. I just regardless. thought that that was cool. But regardless. then it the also, third. Oh, yeah. It also has the, one of the Safdie brothers in the movie. He plays the councilman. I can't remember which what the Safdie brothers' first name is. Seamus. Seamus. I just thought it was a name I saw. Seamus Safdie. Oh and yeah, John C. Riley had like the world's smallest role in this fucking movie. It's he like played he, Herman Munster. He had to be in it. It literally was just him being Herman Munster. Being like, yes, I am the real Herman Munster. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> that was his whole line. That was. I loved it. I loved yeah. that part. Yes. But the councilman is, uh, why can't I find the Safety brother? You know, I totally called it on the councilman. I was like, this man is gay. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't expect that. I thought he was like just insanely stupid. Well, it was just, no, it was when he was talking about relationships. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. he he's doing like a, a good job, but he, it, it kind of feels like he's... Um, he's over deflecting yeah mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it was like the way that he was like very prettied up but I was convinced that he was going to be gay with the other guy that was mm-hmm. working for the campaign oh. I thought the big plot twist was she was going to walk in on the two of them because she was obviously showing kind of romantic interest in both yeah. and so I was like it's going to be a big plot twist that she doesn't have a chance with either of them and yeah. then that wasn't obviously and I think it was actually very well done what they did the only thing I didn't like was the weird blonde guy that was standing outside the campaign what was his thing then he was probably a reporter just he, investigating he was not even probably a reporter he just wanted to have the cell to the reporters yeah yes. he's just like somebody who's watching over to see if there's anything any dirt that he could yeah. dig up on this new councilman that's getting elect- at first trying to get elected at first i was like are they doing weird taxi driver in the middle of this fucking movie i was well i was convinced it was going to be like a an attack he was going to attack them you know yeah. what i mean it was going to yeah. be like him sh- i going thought in he was going to attack her and and i yeah. after once it was really revealed the politician was gay i was like oh he must be like a gay hater and has figured this out and is going to go in and murder otherwise him known for- as gators yeah exactly he's the gator <laughs> hobgoblins and gators the worst people in the world that's right <laughs> But yes, Benny Benny Safdie plays Joel Wax. What has he directed? He's he's uh in he did the good good time good times or whatever. And then he also did Uncut Gems. Oh, okay. That's and, a Safdie movie. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now Is that I movie recognize good? the name. I've never, never seen, seen it. I've never seen it. I have seen it. I think it's 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 one of those things that's all in taste. You know what I mean? Like those mm. movies have a very specific style and intensity. tonality, intensity to them. Because Amber Amber said it's just a whole bunch of yelling. Yeah. Have you seen Good Times <laughs> with no. uh, Robert Pattinson? Who he plays, I think, the mentally handicapped brother. Oh, I've never actually seen oh, Good okay. Times, but I have seen Uncut Gems. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's good time. Good time, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he he's a pretty good actor. Good yeah, time. Just singular. just one. Just one good time. Just one good time. Yeah, just the one good time. And I think it's because it's actually a supremely bad time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, the name's ironic. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mary Elizabeth. Um, They're supposed to have a good time. I what is it. what's the Mary, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who you know from. Parks and not Parks and mm-hmm. Rec. From, uh, uh, it's always sunny. It's always she's sunny. the waitress from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Gets to show up mm-hmm. as his mom, yes. and I loved her cameos in this movie because she just seemed like a caring mom who was just too busy being a single mom in the seventies to have time to manage her intense child. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. who is also trying to start strike up stardom. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Gary's whole shit in this movie was 
at times hard for me to care about him. Mm-hmm. It was so difficult because he's he is a grifter in a way where he's just like trying to get on that new mm-hmm. dime, that new way of uh of um just making money. Yeah. And that it hot just, new thing, yeah. And it's just like it's so it 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 jumps like a flea to the next thing. And I'm just like can we take a second? Like, I thought he was an actor. Now he's selling waterbeds. And then, no, fuck the waterbeds. He's a cameraman for the councilman. Like, it's just like weirdly how it's just like, and I get like maybe with acting and acting with a camera, he would mm-hmm. be the best one to know how to direct mm-hmm. a commercial for the 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 councilman. But yeah. still, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like he's, they they should say at some point he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. Well, and he... then that would way, that way it would highlight how Alana mm-hmm is not very good at most of the things she's trying to do. And why she's so enthralled by him who has all these capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't even think that's the point, though. I don't think he is a jack-of-all-trades. I don't even think he's a good businessman. I think it's an illusion of that. He's good at talking, and that's it. Oh, that's a good point. And so he's good enough to to get these things to start happening, to get the ball rolling. But he's still a kid, and it shows that very clearly that he needs her as much as she needs him. And we see that you the know. most when we get revealed to the oil embargo and he's like yes. joking around about like farts or something. And she's like, are you even fucking paying attention to this? Like this yeah. affects us yeah. directly right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. And he's just kind of like farts. Yeah. <laughs> but then she's like telling him like, do you even know what the fuck vinyl's made out of? <laughs> and he's like, I thought it was like a, a special science material like rubber. And Speaking, she, she's uh, like, "What the fuck are you talking about? That's also made out of oil. Are you fucking stupid?" Honestly, I wouldn't have put all that together. I wouldn't have immediately. I didn't think that. I mean, obviously, thinking about it, yeah, rubber is obviously made of oil. Yeah, but like, I wouldn't have thought that it would have immediately affected our waterbed business. Yeah, it would but, affect future production. Right. Exactly. So it, this is that would be the chance to get out. That would be when you have to get out. Right. You know. Um. I found out Licorice Pizza is slang for a record, for a vinyl record. Oh, okay. And that's the and joke. I, and I know there was a famous record store yes. in the area called that, but that, I wonder where that comes from. I guess because it's like it, it looks like licorice in a big pizza shape, but yeah. I don't know if that's a... Are you sure it's not slang for pedophile? <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I meant to make a good joke. I was going to say licorice pizza is slang for a cool sex move in the 70s. <laughs> Where you sleep with someone 10 years younger than you? <laughs> On a waterbed. <laughs> On a waterbed. <laughs> Dang, you just got licorice pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> it only works if you're a woman, though. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be a woman to pull off the licorice pizza. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll go to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. Otherwise, it's a fe- felony. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a felony either way, but she That's just true. won't get caught. Um, there was also the quick stint where she wanted to try out to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, some of the stuff, it's literally in the movie because... It's like kind of like, wouldn't it be cool? Mm-hmm. But it is also another opportunity for them to nag each other and then mm-hmm. also show that, oh, no, but I supremely care about And it. how they're supporting each other. Because yeah, going right. back to you even talking about him shooting the political campaign, the only reason that happened, she was like, I know a camera guy. Yeah. I know these guys that make movies, you know, and she mm. completely cultivated that relationship, True. you know, and in reverse, as soon as she's like, he's like, oh, you you can kind of act. He's like. I know, I know fucking, uh, fucking, what are they, uh, agents? Uh, yeah. I have a good agent who will fucking get you a role right now. Just tell her yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which I fucking thought was so funny when she's like, you know, Japanese? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Portuguese. Latin. Latin. Yeah. <laughs> this, the hardest language. <laughs> this, this movie kind of reminds me of a South Park episode. Really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so there's an episode. Do y'all know who? Um, do you're, y'all know who you're our South Park guy. Yeah. I am the <laughs> South Park guy. Y'all know who Kyle is, right? The one yes. with the green hat. Uh-huh. Um, so he has a little brother named Ike. Right. Who's mm-hmm. uh, I remember. I know what episode yeah. you're going to bring up. Okay. So there's an episode where he's dating his teacher. <laughs> Ike is? Yes, Ike. Yeah. And Ike's in kindergarten. kindergarten. He's, <laughs> yes. And he's dating his teacher. And um, they, you know, it word gets out that this grown woman is dating a child Mm -hmm. and um at first all all anybody hears is there's a teacher dating a student yes and everybody's getting pissed off the dads are like what the fuck what's going on yeah and then they tell them 
yeah, Miss whatever is dating Ike. And they're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Ike? Yeah. Ike is dating her. And then they're like, oh, she's hot. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, like every time they bring it up, they're just all nice. nice. Like they get mad and then they hear the real story and they're like, nice. The cops find out about it. The whole station is just like, nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So that's what this movie reminds See, me of. Paul Thomas Anderson probably saw that episode of South Park and was like, I'm going to do commentary on nice. that <laughs> even grander. He saw that episode and he was all nice. nice. <laughs> Started writing licorice pizza the next day. <laughs> Every time they cut a scene, he was just, nice. Yeah. Instead <laughs> saying cut, he was nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are they, is he saying slice? Is that saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll just cut it there. We'll just cut, we'll just it, cut there. it there. PTA has gone crazy. Yeah. Uh, Gary, PWA. Gary does mm. the um, he does the pinballs. Uh, I I didn't know that pinball was ever illegal. On which I'm curious why they saw it as a form of gambling. That makes sense, actually. But what's the payout? Well, it doesn't, but it makes sense it's, that that, that, that a disillusion would be there to look at a machine. You'd be like, "That's a gambling device." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It because like fucking Chuck E. Cheese is more gambling than fucking <laughs> a pinball machine from the seventies. That's so true. But the the politician guy, I forgot his name. Yeah. he he makes a comment mm-hmm. um, about he's like, "Yeah, of course it's like." Of course, it took a long time. It was a stupid law to begin yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make any sense. And those are the hardest to get rid of for some yeah. reason. I wonder if it was isolated to California. Because, like... Maybe. Probably. Potentially, yeah. Suddenly, there's machines. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like they came off the fucking, like, you yeah. know, port. So, it, it, they must have been, like, channeled in from, like, Nevada or mm-hmm. even... That's Because he's calling people for pinball machines. There's no way anybody in California is going to have those at mm-hmm. those times. Or be willing to give them up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they haven't heard the news. He, this is inside information that the bill is getting passed. Oh, true. That yeah. is true. So, those people might be like, yeah, nobody... Uh, you're not going to get anything from it. So, yeah. he may, Maybe he got them really cheap. That's a good call. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool, actually. It's showing the talent of his business mm-hmm. mentality, but once again, we still see how childish he is in that regard, which is literally like, all right, on to my next fucking thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, next big money project, like, no matter how many failures. And I think that's how those kind of people really are. But you, on, you don't have one or two. Almost. Yeah, you right. don't have one or two yeah. startups. You have 600 startups yeah. that you do throughout your life, you know? And unless one actually sticks eventually, that's just how you, those kind of, those business types live. You know what I mean? Just one jump to the next every you know always trying to make that fucking buck do you think that's how they they see love interests too because he's very much that way where Mm -hmm. yeah he he obviously wants alana more than any other girl but once he has her or once he has her on her his side he's going and hitting on other girls Mm -hmm. it's just like is that his does he just want it all is that what it is definitely yeah, he never, never, not. There's never enough. You know what I mean. Even if the waterbed business would have probably shot him to the moon, he would have still been trying to start up a pinball arcade and mm-hmm. do all of these things. I don't even think having a successful business would have stopped him from continuing to be the person that he was in the way we see. You know? Yeah, yeah I could see that. But like, there's also a lot of moments that really show you how much of a kid he is. Mm-hmm. Like the moments where, um, the fucking the guy is slamming into the fucking pinball machine. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, uh, stop that. And the guy's like, I will kill you. Yeah, he's like, yeah. fuck off. And he's like, okay, can't mess with this adult. Yeah. And it's like, bro, if you're the owner, just tell him to get the fuck out. And then he goes and yells at all the kids out yeah, front. And he starts yeah. kicking out all the kids because those no are only reason. ones he has actual power over. Yeah. You know? That's true. That's a good call. I am so worried for the character of Gary getting to go into the 80s with cocaine the way that it was then. <laughs> like, he, I can only imagine his life did not get better from the moment this movie ended. <laughs> so, um, he probably would go into, um, like, Wall Street. That's probably um, a good call. And, you know, the... Um, I think he's smart enough. You know, the, the guy uh, played by Matthew McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street? Mm-hmm. That's, That's him. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That tracks. Gary. So the guy who sold him his first waterbed is Leonardo DiCaprio's dad. Wow. Really? Yeah. There's just a lot of fun faces in this movie. A lot of hidden uncut gems in here. (laughs) True. (laughs) What is this, a safety film? Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, the guy that he's based after, Gary, he, he did stay in Hollywood. He did? Yeah, he, yeah. I think he became a producer or something like that, so... 
you know, he just he kind of floated around in there for a while. But the whole idea of him dating a much older woman, well, I mean, according to in accordance to his age. Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. that's another thing that the movie kind of wants to play with also is that every man who's not gay in this movie wants to fuck Alana. That's so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of those men in Hollywood are actors, much like how Gary aspires to be, are much older. Mm-hmm. Both uh, Sean Penn and Bradley Cooper are much older, and I can imagine much older than 10 years, yeah. too. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it is it is the pedophilia thing where he's underage, but the age gap isn't as drastic as... You know, these the other even more men. intense age gaps. Yeah, yeah, that she's obviously more willing to be with. You yeah, know these I mean? actors and, in their forties or something. And I, I can see where you're coming from with that, but at the same time, she's still she's like still. seven years above the legal age. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's like she's still an adult. It's not that she's seven years above the legal age. He's fucking three, three years, years under. under. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like he's like. Regard, I I understand that they're a lot older. The age gap is a lot older with them, but they're not going after children. True. Like arguably, she's a child. Mm-hmm. You know, but she's an adult. Right. You know, so it's like it, it doesn't in any way seem like they're trying to groom her. Like it kind of in sometimes seems like she's doing to him. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, that's true. Yeah, because there are times where she tries to play his kind of controlling cards. Yeah. On him. Mm-hmm. And it's ineffectual because you can't just you can't con a con man. No, <laughs> no I think you fucking hit the nail on the head earlier. You kind of like blew my mind wide open is a while ago, too. But in the fact that like she's obviously a stunted adult. Look at yes. the life she lives. She is stuck at home. The youngest of three siblings in her parents house with, all... with an incredibly controlling father who's like, don't date. Don't you yeah. know dress anything where that shows your ankles. You can tell he's obviously not like beating her up for it, but it is this very controlling father. So she's been stuck as a late teen forever you know where gary's the opposite he's got a single mom who's way too busy for him and so he's out there fucking being the adult for himself you know what i mean so it it, it, in that kind of regard it makes sense that they would kind of line up emotionally like mentally you know that they're probably at least mentally in the same age range for sure and And it's because of her stunted life you know and that's why i say they need each other Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. as much like he needs her just as much as she needs him because of those aspects he has what she's missing and she has what he's exactly yep yeah he didn't get to have his childhood and she's she needs to be an adult she's trying to get out of it in any way she can yeah um i love the crew of kids there's like (laughs) at times seven yeah at least three and it's much like a wes anderson movie where it's just a bunch of unnamed characters that are just tagging along and just running around like little mice you know Mm -hmm. and i i kind of love it in this movie it plays that way but i think the most on edge i was throughout this movie was obviously the bradley cooper like leaving and coming back leaving and coming back and the multiple times where they were hardly escaping yeah. his wrath you know and, I mean? and obviously when the truck run like that was just it when the thing choose to again. go back again to beat up his car in the truck i was like y'all are fucking idiots like how did we end up here you know what i mean like Dude. this is the most avoidable circumstance that ever and y'all chose to go <laughs> back like it's, but, it's but then we couldn't have had that amazing moment where she's going like 50 miles an hour backwards <laughs> yep. driving down hills which she turning did, around yeah. corners perfectly which she actually did which alana Haim actually she's an amazing fucking driver dude way to she was she was obviously going fast like that you can tell it wasn't sped up or anything she was actually going she was probably going around 30 yeah in a fucking box truck flip at any second yes no no and there's children in the back she's a great (laughs) fucking driver dude Um, like crazy and bradley cooper i think bradley Bradley cooper says that she's a great driver and i wonder if they shot that scene before or like after she did the whole stunt yeah that way he saw it and was like holy shit yeah. you know <laughs> i wonder if that was like actual commentary i think that was driving. them giving it to us as the audience where he's like you're a really good driver and they're like keep that in mind because mm-hmm. it's gonna become very important here <laughs> real soon yeah there's the part where he helped her drive by his car um, when it was stuck out of gas, mm-hmm. and oh, dude, they were so awkward. They needed to be like right there. Well, not only was the car's distance symbolizing their literal physical distance mm, yeah. in the in the truck, but 
when they go back to smash the car, there's plenty of fucking road. Yeah, I noticed that. That was one thing. I was like, ooh, that didn't, that didn't translate well. Because yeah, they literally are able to just pull right up next to it. And then there's like all this space for them to walk up to it and stuff. So it's like, so mm. weird. But I, I think it's just because she felt uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. he was right there. I think Gary is the most uncomfortable person in that her. situation. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I really, I mean, the charisma that comes out of these characters bounces off in such an entertaining way, though, that Bradley Cooper being the fucking intensity that he is. And then his whole first introduction with Gary had me fucking laughing where he's like yelling at him for being late. And like, Gary's like, you can fucking leave then. I don't want to make you any later. And he's like, I fucking like you. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really liked his character. But yeah, exactly. Just them going back up that hill was so fucking stressful for me in the sense I was like, y'all got away. You left him at the gas station. Get away from the situation. But it really shows like how fucked up the character that Bradley Cooper is playing is because even once he has the opportune moment to catch them in the act, he's too like fucked up in the background hitting on other women to even fucking pay attention, you know? So it shows that like there was never really any consequences because he probably doesn't even remember what the fuck any of them look like. They could walk right back up to him and he'd be like, who the fuck are you? You know? (laughs) Um, He, let me think. It's interesting that they kept his character's name the same the actual yeah named after the actual producer maybe that guy was actually a terrible person uh let me let me look it up because imdb is listed in a a weird weird order what if barbara streisand um (laughs) streisand yeah really hated him (laughs) like her Mm ex-boyfriend and so she's all she just made him seem like a huge piece of shit. John yeah, shit, Peters. John but then Peters. again, he was a producer, so maybe he was well known to be a piece of <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. <laughs> and I think that was the indication we kind of got. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting that they kept him the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> look at that. That he What a... That was perfect. He perfect literally casting. looks like Bradley Cooper. Um, it's interesting that they kept him the same, but changed like every other ancillary name. Yeah. Like... Lucille Ball was only ever known as like Lucille. Mm-hmm. She like, and then the movie was changed, and then the whole William Holden thing. Mm-hmm. I and wonder, even Gary being obviously, yeah. as we know, being like a relevant I said, person. Barbara, everybody just hated him so much <laughs> that they're just like, <laughs> "Fuck him." Impressive. Use his real name. Was it a fake nose? It might have been. I guess it must have been a prosthetic nose on Bradley Cooper because that looks too much like that guy's actual yeah. face. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool that how well they did that. <laughs> Because it literally, they look <laughs> so alike. You got a very Jewish nose. <laughs> I'm just saying that because it was in the film, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said that in the film, okay? Fucking anti-Semite <clears throat> over here. <laughs> um, That's licorice pizza for you, yeah, pretty much. It's hard to even put this movie in where I'd put it on my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson films. Or even mm. like what I, from what I've seen. Because off the top of my head, movies of his I've now officially seen is Boogie Nights. Inherent Vice, There Will Be Blood, The Master, and now Licorice Pizza. And I think that's it. And he's got like six or seven more. I think more. he has like two or three more. I don't know if you're going to like this, but Whoa. it's it's definitely better than There Will Be Blood. There you go. For you. <laughs> <clears throat> I found it more entertaining than There Will Be Blood. That's, the, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. No, um, honestly, um, There Will Be Blood is a better movie. I feel like. But this was more entertaining. I was just... No, I know. Stabbing at him. You're f- <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, and what I was going to say is that, you know, th- even though their tonalities are obviously vastly mm. different, I still think like There Will Be Blood has that same style of just telling us very grounded stories of these people, right. mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then just kind of like ending on it, you know. So I think that in that way, it still feels very PTA for me. And, I, and I'm and i starting to realize that I need to go back and watch a lot of the movies like Inherent Vice. Yeah, I need um, to rewatch Inherent Vice for what's sure. What's Inherent Vice about? Inherent Vice is... It's a, about a PI in the 70s is yeah. the easiest way oh, I'll describe but, okay. it softly. Like that the world's sense. worst PI ever. Yeah. <laughs> like that's him. It's so, Joaquin Phoenix. It's Joaquin Phoenix. Like this, <laughs> oh, this I, poster does a great job at illustrating what the fucking movie yeah, is. I, true. Which is I, just mindless. I don't really like Walking Phoenix. Oh, really? I prefer his alter ego, Flying Phoenix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or even better, Phoenix. Soaring Phoenix. <laughs> Soaring Phoenix is the best one. Driving Phoenix, that's, you know, he's a little too high-headed for me. Um, this movie was a letdown for me. Walking Phoenix. I remember really? Walking Phoenix yeah. in Aaron Vice. <laughs> I remember us walking out as a letdown and Josh Brolin just being the most 
enjoyable thing from the film because he was like the the aggressive cop that did God damn it. Also like running Phoenix. <laughs> sure. I think it's a river. It, I don't hate Inherent Vice. It yeah. was a letdown in the way that I wanted it to be more noir. Mm-hmm. And it was very comedy aimless at that because I couldn't tell you what the mystery was and I couldn't even tell you if he solves it. He doesn't. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Way to ruin the movie. Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I just... think the three that you haven't seen, Kenny, is just Hard Eight, Magnolia, and Punch Drunk Love. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? I have not seen Punch Drunk Love. I think those are the only three that you didn't name because you named There Will Be Blood Mm -hmm. the Master. I guess so. All right. See, I thought, I don't know. I thought he had a. Oh, Phantom Thread. Did you see? I have seen Phantom Thread too. God damn it. All right. So I really have seen most of his filmography or like the relevant ones, which is cool. And I'm starting to think that he's probably one of my favorite directors, honestly, up there because I just like the craft. I like how different his movies are from pretty much anything else being pumped out there these days, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think one of my favorite directors is uh, Dana White of the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, hey, you're going to fight this guy. And Did you want to talk about the UFC? What was it last night? Nine, six, nine. What was the UFC? It was six, nine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it was uh, UFC 278. 278. Okay. That was way off. <laughs> it who, was... who fought on 269? Oh, shit. I have to <laughs> look. Let me look it up. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll look um, it up. <laughs> You have you, seen you like snorted really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, um, fucking bitch. Yeah, oh, that time, was Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. At the time of recording this, what uh, two seventy eight? Just do you happened. think those guys like yeah, the sixty nine? Um, yes, they do. Okay, so hold on, hold on. Don't look up too much stuff yet. Oh, well, I know what happened. Did you watch the fight? No, I just saw everyone posting about okay, it. Okay, so um, go so, on. Let's talk about it. It was, it was crazy because Leon Edwards fought Kamaru Usman, mm-hmm. Kamaru Usman being the champ at the time, and Kamaru Usman, like he lost it's the Usman. first. Usman, yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just it, kidding. It, it is. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think it's Usman. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I was just fucking around, but go on. Um, Fuck, now I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so the first round, I would say he lost, mm-hmm. but then he fucking dominated the next four rounds. There's five rounds in the championship fights. Um, and so he dominated him for the next four fucking rounds. Mm-hmm. And there's a minute left in the last round, and Leon Edwards fakes, um, fakes a left hand, a mm-hmm. jab, and at the same time, he comes up with a left high kick oh and kamar usman what he had been doing before that he's really like boxer centric and he Mm. likes to slip punches a certain way right where he would push leon's hand to his left and lean to his right so as soon as he leaned to the right oh he like leaned right into the kick right into the kick and you just see him like he falls back and you could tell immediately like there's nothing else needed. There's no follow-up punches needed. He's out. Yeah. And Leon Edwards was hands down losing the fight. Like, if you listen to the commentary, they're writing his obituary, basically. <laughs> like He's done in this town. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're talking about how badly he's been beaten. Uh-huh. You can tell that he's been broken mentally in the fight when he goes to his trainer, like his, uh, the, his corner. He won't even look his coaches in the eyes. Like you can tell he's broken and and he still comes back. He knocks out the pound for pound best mm-hmm. in the UFC right now and it's just like it Pounds was crazy. Do like, you think do you did how did you enjoy this? Oh, me and Steven were just talking the whole time. We were like standing two feet in front of the TV. It was just me and Steven. Hillary was asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about what Leon Edwards needs to do. Um what he needed to do was just open up. He was getting too nervous, being pushed back. But it's like, obviously, it's going to happen when you're fighting somebody like Kamaru Usman. Right. There's there's a level in tim- of intimidation. intimidation. Not just intimidation. He's got... Kamaru Usman has re- got really good pressure. And what, that, what I mean by he's that is he's always coming forward. Yeah. He's always moving forward, throwing things. So you have to be careful. And you have to watch... Uh, you have to just be very observant. It's like you know, suppressive fire. Doing. Yes. And so... Uh, Leon Edwards is so much of a better striker than Kamaru Usman that Leon Edwards knows he needs to be careful, 
But because he's a better striker, all he really needs to do is start throwing more kicks, start throwing leg knees up the middle, just start showing Kamaru Usman so much more variety. techniques and variety of techniques mm-hmm. that Kamaru won't be able to press forward. And so as soon as Kamaru Usman started pressing backwards, Leon Edwards knocked him out. That's so with the result of the of the fight, how do you enjoy it? I fucking loved it. So you, this is Kamaru the kind... Usman was being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like he was being an asshole. He would obviously win the win the round, mm-hmm. and at the end of the round, he would be like on top of Leon Edwards, and he would stand up and just stand there. And it's like the round's over. Go to your corner. I understand yeah. you're trying to be intimidating and shit like that. You're trying to act tough. You didn't manage to knock yeah. him out for five whole rounds, so obviously he wasn't beating him up that hard. Exactly. <laughs> he was just manhandling. Yeah. He was holding him and he was playing with him. his food. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he could knock out Leon. Tortoise yeah, in the well, hair, bro. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that that sounds awesome. Well, you I mean, know me. Anybody I've... can get knocked out, but yeah, yeah. I love a good underdog. Fight. It sounds like a fucking Rocky movie. Have yeah. you ever watched a Rocky movie? He well, literally takes 600 face punches and then manages mm-hmm. to win the fight in the last round. That's every round. <laughs> Except for the first one. Except for the first one. <laughs> Honestly, though, like if you watched it, if you were there, because y'all wouldn't be able to watch it because it wouldn't, I don't think y'all would be entertained by it because mm-hmm. most of it is really, really technical. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times technical fights are really boring fights, but I enjoy them yeah. because I love the technique. So, I, Ashley and I watched the prelims for some fight or not the prelim but like the intro before it goes into pay-per-view mm-hmm. we watched yeah, the it prelims just, okay yeah we just watched it one night just on a whim it was just on the tv mm-hmm. already because it, it was like espn on right. abc or some shit like that and we were into it we were like oh look at this fucking guy yeah no, i don't know what you're <laughs> well, talking I just about mean the only like... reason i don't watch ufc regularly is because i don't have to pay for it <laughs> i'm trying to go pay for pay-per-view <laughs> every is... week and I... you don't invite me over so this was, um, <laughs> what I mean is this was a long fight. Yeah. yeah. I think that so, that's more enjoyable for, especially yeah. Ashley, because she's, she's learned multiple martial arts. That's Fair true. enough then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so she's good at like keeping an eye on like how they are performing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We were watching one guy who was just throwing out kicks for nothing. And we were like, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is like the most Do you remember thing. a name at all? No, it was one of the like first fights. It was like at like. 3 p.m. Yeah. So, but yeah. It's it kick one of those days. Yeah. Kick Nukem, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kick kicks. Nukem. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. That's Peter Jan. Um, but yeah, uh, Licorice Pizza. And UFC. And UFC. And UFC. <clears throat> They're practically the same thing. Right. Really. Yeah. Yeah. PTA films. Yeah. Mm. Cooper, Cooper being Leon Edwards. And the legality of his relationship with Alana being Kamar Usman. <laughs> and he just kicked it right in the face. He's like, I don't care about legality. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. God damn. It was beating him down the whole film until the very end you, where he succeeded. <laughs> you called him Cooper and I was thinking about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> the Cooper Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I give this movie two failed businesses. Oh. Oh, two, nice. Well, we don't know if both of them failed, but okay. Yeah. Two. Kenny's already rating the movie. Two, two failed, failed businesses. But I'll, one great watch. I'll give it one female pedophile. <laughs> One, one female pedo. Can I put that? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that works. Um, and I'm gonna give it a five out of five. Nice. I love this movie. favorite movie this year. If one I, love, of, I sure. love when you do that. <laughs> I'm glad that we switched over to this movie. I'm actually oh, yeah. really glad that uh, well, I we all off, watched it. I cut off what we were supposed to do off oh, of the okay. last episode. <laughs> so that's still up in the air. Maybe two, three years from now, we might end up watching that movie. Exactly. For some reason, but, um, yeah, no, I'm glad we watched this movie instead, too, for sure. Um, I, um, like, yeah, I mean, it It was It was an in- enjoyable watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of his movies, um, but, yeah, I, five out of five, for sure. I mm-hmm. love this movie. <laughs> And I'm sure we'll be coming back to PTA sooner than later for my sake, just because there's got oh, true, several yeah. more movies I want to just fucking force us through. So yeah, um, we're not 100 percent on what we're watching next week, so it'll be another surprise for you guys if you guys listen to these sequentially. Um, so come back for whatever that may be. It could mm-hmm. it could be it could be exciting. Whatever yeah. the fuck. Maybe we're gonna have a guest. We don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I it have, probably won't be exciting. <laughs> 
Um, right. Yeah. So come back for that. Follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show notes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then rate and review us on... Wherever the fuck you can. Yes. Please rate and review us. It would be, it would be an honor to be rated and reviewed by you. <laughs> um, I want to look at our anchor real quick. Is that okay? Yeah. Fucking anchor it up, bro. Dude, fuck. Yeah. Let me see if I'm signed in on this machine. Maybe I'm a poo. But also check out Anchor. We're not being sponsored by them anymore, but check out Anchor. Yeah, I know. Our Anchor ad <laughs> evaporated. I'm just kidding. Um, I wanted to look at Evancorated. our audience because I was looking at it the other day. Mm-hmm. Our Spotify is at 69%. That's where most of our audience is at. Yo, the perfect amount of audience. 69, bro. <laughs> so Apple, don't even try no more. You're out of here, pal. Yeah. Um, but like then Apple's. also- I noticed that three percent of our audience is in Germany. I love that for us. I want to believe. I wonder if a, that's a bot or a VPN. <laughs> oh yeah, it's VPN. probably a VPN. <laughs> and then there's also Brazil. We got two percent. United Kingdom got two percent. Canada got two percent. Oh, the UK. Mm-hmm. We even got Leon Edwards is listening to our podcast <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> He's gonna listen to this episode for sure. Fuck yeah. Uh, Mexico. We also have two percent. India one percent. Whoa. Hey. Where you at, India? Yeah, I because of that, I feel like it's told. Kenny's right; it's totally a VPN. VPN. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then our audience is predominantly male. Yeah. Fuck, and, fuck you guys, and pre- predominantly about thirty. Oh, <laughs> fuck you! Forty-two yep. percent of our audience is twenty-eight to thirty-four years old. Dude, we're not even hip because like nobody under eighteen listens. to I us. know <laughs> there's zero percent for zero to seventeen, and we got two percent or over sixty. <laughs> Whose old ass is listening to us? Thank you, thank you, oldies, for being yeah. here. We love y'all. Yeah. We love y'all. I hope you make it to the next episode. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see you then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye, guys. Ian, play us out. All right. This is just awful. Thank you, guys. And come back for the next one. See you there. Bye-bye. Buenos nachos. You want to press the button? You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Okay, well, uh, the police are here. Sorry, Sorry. Dad. Bye, guys. You never fucking record without making a joke. Dude, so f- that's so funny, Paul Damien. Moment of motherfucking silence. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Everything is going to the beat. Excuse me. I'm going to move a little bit away from the mic because I'm going to eat one wafer. Uh-oh. I hope it's burnt. I hope it's burnt as fuck. Can you hear that? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I can smell the cool. I can smell the burn though. They're actually uh pretty fresh. Hell Yo, man. fresh to death? What? Fresh out of Compton? What? Wonderful. That was that was borderline racist. Kenny, you need to watch your mouth. I'm a demon. What's racist about Compton? Okay, this one's gonna be real bad news for my ass. It's it's fresh out of Bel Air. Everybody knows that, dude. He's the fresh prince of Bel Air. The princess. Yeah, of but Bel-Air. he's fresh out of there. I think he's fresh out of Philadelphia. It's Born like a triple double flip. West Philadelphia. What were you oh, gonna yeah. say? I was gonna say. This what do you think Will Smith's up to? Um, just like counting his counting his bills. Yeah. Just like working just on that chilling. slap hand some more. Yeah. Yeah. That's who he counting is now. his Bill Smiths. <laughs> Billiam Smith. Like, do y'all think the slap actually affected his career in the long term? Yes. Do you think it'll be a while before we'll see well, him in like a big movie no. again? No. Not in the long term, but for the temporary. For for right now, it did. Yes. Like, he can't go to the Academy Awards for the next 10 years. So, But it's like, who cares? I, but that doesn't mean he can't be nominated. That, yeah, that doesn't mean he can't still win like he did he that just night. He can't be there. Yeah. <laughs> he literally won later that night. Yeah, Great job. True. And great job to him. Great job. What a good job he did in the Serena and Venus Williams movie. Great job. Did they play ping pong or something? They they made a movie about them, but it was about their dad. Yeah. <laughs>
It's uh, it's because they knew uh, Will Smith could bring home the the little gold man. Exactly. Oh. I'm surprised he just didn't play one of them. You know, because Will Smith <laughs> is Serena Williams. Yeah, I'm surprised. Serena and yeah, I was just saying, I'm surprised he didn't play <laughs> both. both. And he did a uh, Jack and Jill, and he played Richard. Dude. He played all three roles. Dude. King Richard, dude. You know, while I was, while I was filming this, I was doing uh, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but you were too, right? That was him yeah. talking to Barack Obama. That was when Will Smith played um, Gorilla Grodd. That, that, was when, that was when Barack Obama talked about his wife. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, Barack Obama made a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife jay pickett uh, yeah. smith and this was he was still in the character of grod and this is what he did barack obama it will almost be an honor to kill you i remember that yeah. chris rock is playing barack obama that oh yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> and so he remembered it he remembered it and he took it to with him so he's he's uh what's it called a uh, method actor yes yeah obama. so he was just really in it and so he was still in grod mode mm-hmm. when he went on stage and slapped exactly. Uh, Chris, yeah. Chris That's Rock. what he got the Academy Award for. Yeah. His performance is grod. And we just don't know about this because <laughs> Ezra Miller keeps fucking up everything, and so they won't release the Flash movie. Well, no, it's because Ezra Miller's the Flash, and he keeps going back and changing time, <laughs> and so everything's going crazy, and we we don't know what we know now. Yeah, exactly. What they need so to long, do? Bowser. They just need to release the Flash movie, but only make it like five seconds long, and be like, it's it's that's how fast he is. <laughs> You just can't see it happening. He's too fast. You know? There you go. Yeah. How's it going? I almost choked on my soda. I almost choked on my soda. It, it did sound that bad, that was right? pretty good. 